Hello and welcome to this episode of Surveyor Says, the NSPS podcast. My name is Tim Birch and I am the Executive Director for the National Society of Professional Surveyors and your host for the podcast. Each episode of Surveyor Says features topics and guests from the world of surveying and geospatial professions and highlights up-and-coming personalities and technology. This episode is a recap of 2023 and highlights significant conversations from the past year. So, without further delay, here's our next installment of Surveyor Sets. From episode 154, here's Rod Breitling, Beth Cassing, and Marie Hofer talking about the surveying program at Southeast Technical College in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. How did you find surveying in this program? Because uh, I'm, I'm not sure that, uh, that, I, that you even know, do you? <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to answer that. It's kind of a unique situation. Um, so Southeast Tech has a program, Hoblin Learning Center, where you take your, you get your GED. Mm-hmm. So I went through that, so I was connected to Southeast Tech. <clears throat> so I reviewed their uh, their programs after I got my GED, and you know, with some advisors, we determined that engineering might be the best way to go. I talked to Beth, and she she <laughs> explained to me how related that is to land surveying and how it merges and how the classes you know, are, are so alike. So I applied for both programs. And <laughs> I didn't know anything about land surveying. So the first semester was kind of new and rough. But I think after my summer internship, I was very sure that this was the right decision, sure. the right path, yeah. Sure, what, what was involved with your with your summer internship that kind of helped push you push you further along what, what were you doing there yeah so we did construction staking topos you know and a lot of what i we did during the summer is only now coming back the second year and i think it's so much easier to to grasp the con- concepts in school i think <laughs> it was a a big learning curve and it was you know applying what you knew and sure sure along, you know well and I guess that's been the consistent theme in talking to the students and graduates these, these last couple of days here at the conference is that uh, the practical application that you're that you've taught through all of these programs has just really made for a quick transition to the real world that you know that's the one knock on a lot of higher ed right now is you go and you learn something you get your degree but then when you go out into the real world what you thought you got your degree in it didn't doesn't really apply that you're doing something else and you're learning on the job whereas here you're taking those skills directly there and I think that's right that's probably what you were intending to teach that way uh, yeah you know I th- there's a balance I, I feel in the pro in all the programs you have to have a certain amount of lab time for them to uh, understand concepts and then get them ready to work. But on the other hand, there's an educational component where I feel like we are teaching for the long term um, for the profession. And we, um, we really 
we, we, we seem to gear our students towards taking the FS exam upon uh, the completion of the program. And so there, there's that 50-50 component. You want the students to be ready for work, but you, you still got to have the ac academic part right. of it to go along with it, you know. Absolutely. So we do a, a topo survey of, you know, on campus around the building and, you know, all the details you would typically find on a survey like that. And then we, at the end of the first year, we do that with total stations and not GPS. Okay. So we know, you know, get experience with that, setting up, you know, everything you, you know, you need to do. And then we also <coughs> draw it up in CAD, which would be that side. We learn how to make these maps, well, uh, like all of the features they need to have, all the information, all of the your arrows, your uh, descriptions, your legends, your figures and lines. So at the end of the first year, the students are required to do a capstone project. And that capstone project <laughs> is really a, what they've learned so far in the two year, or in the first year. And so they use Civil 3D, they use uh, Total Station. So they go out and they do a um, survey of the campus and then they download it. And, 80% of their lines have to come in automatic, so nice. they have to make sure that they have figures and lines and then their surface has to be corrected and, um, and then ultimately they have a map when they're done. And it's a huge learning experience. We're so much better at exploring. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the school year, we've been doing these, this project for years, at the end of the year, some of the students get so stressed out you know, because you do have to put a lot of extra time in. Right. They not only, you know, during the, during the day, they probably double their hours in lab and then they have to work on this at night. And so sometimes they get a little bit stressed out. What motivates us to keep doing it year after year after year is because they come back in the fall and said, man, that project we did last semester was so hard, but I learned so much. I never really understood how the leveling, you know, um, came in, you know, into you know the practice or how do you, you know all the things we were learning until we put it all together in that capstone, and you made us, you know, um, get this done in so much time. They come back year after year saying I learned more on that project than anything we did all year. So we just we keep up, keep pushing it up. From episode 160, we caught up with Jamie Reed, PLS, from Kalispell, Montana. I do want to step back way early in, in I guess, more of your life than, than even you know, predates the career. Let's, can we talk about Trigstar for a second and your experiences with Trigstar? Because I've heard several stories, um, several corroborating stories with, with you and Trigstar and your experience and positive uh experience and tell us a little bit about how you how you came across an experienced trig star so i'm one of the few but trig star is actually what got me into surveying uh expand in junior high the our valley has a program called expanding your horizons and that was a program for junior high girls to get into stem get introduced to STEM programs and, and professions. And so I went to that and there were two women surveyors who were there and they 
gave us a demonstration on surveying equipment and we took, took us out in the field. And the one thing that still sticks in my mind from that experience is they taught me with instruments how to measure the height of a tree. I know that doesn't wow. sound super exciting. Oh, it is. And then I jumped into high school and we had other surveyors come into our classrooms and give a demonstration on surveying. They showed the equipment. They showed what they do. They talked about what they did. And then they gave us the trig star test. And I was a straight A student in high school. I loved math. I loved science. And I can tell you, I failed miserably that trig star test. <laughs> but it got those surveyors in the classroom to be able to talk about surveying and what it what it's all about. And it it stuck with me. So even though I went to college and I went down to Dillon and Western um, Montana College for a year, I was thinking I was going to be a math teacher with a minor in music. Uh, that didn't work out. I came back up to Flathead Valley Community College here in Kalispell, got in, um, introduced to the surveying instructor there and just absolutely fell in love with it. And so with that now, I do a lot of Trigstar work. I still do Expanding Your Horizons. I'm a merit badge counselor for the Surveying Merit Badge with Scouts BSA. I just think it's so important to get those kids introduced to surveying because that's how I was introduced to surveying. What is your overall message when you go into a high school class and tell them, hey, this is surveying? What, what's your elevator speech to them about what they could be as a surveyor? I come in with a lot of options and I tailor it to the conversation that comes out of the students that are, that are there. And it, it varies. I find that, you know, I, I come in with my instruments. We do a simple math calculation with the instruments. And then I have a slideshow presentation that contains a lot of slides and I can tailor it to, if, if they're super interested in technology, I talk about drones, I talk about LIDAR, I, I, um, I talk about maybe hydrology, mapping on rivers and, and waters. Um, if they're more interested in the history, then I go and I talk to them about the PLSS system. And I talk to them about the history of surveying and how the original surveyors came over after the instructions of Thomas Jefferson. And, and I, I show them the picture of Mount Rushmore and talk about the history of surveying. Or if they're more interested in like, well, my parents own property, how do those boundaries work? Then we go into to boundary surveying. And I just, I keep it open and tailor it to what that particular class of students is interested in. From episode 170 in our visit to the New York City College of Technology in Brooklyn, here is Daryl Sereau, Calvin Walters Jr., and Ryan Gangadin, along with their instructor, Lem Morrison. Lem, a little bit of your take on uh, what, uh, what these young, young bucks are bringing to, bringing to the class and bringing to the profession. Well, I like um, what I like about this program and the students that come here is they all, they're all real. You know, they come from the neighborhood, they're here, they're here to learn, um, and they come with a lot of really good hands-on experience. I hear a lot parents being contractors, um, being somewhere in the field, being um, that this is, uh, the program is really designed for those 
we're also working. You know, you right. have to earn a living. It's uh, it's good value for what you're what you're paying. Um, so, and then a lot of folks come out of the service. We have a number of a number of vets here come in. It's a good place to to start. Don't know where you want to go. Um, so, and the the. Graduation rates, you know, getting through, once you're through, the, the job market's always been strong. Our graduates have always been snapped up. Inspection, a lot of it, construction management, construction inspection, some sort of civil, office, city jobs. I try and grab as many of the ones who will uh, jump into surveying as I can. Um, sometimes I get them for just a while until they move on, they get some experience, and others others stay in the field for, for a longer term. I've known some, um, one of our graduates, Tom, he was one of my students 10 years ago. Um, he has since gotten his license, and he's a project manager for a big firm in Long Island. Nice. So some do continue on. Anybody got anything to add? I mean, what, what is something that stands out as far as, um, you know, we talked about things you didn't think you knew about surveying, but is there anything that really stood out? Now, Calvin, I'll come back to you because you gave a great presentation on the differences between unmanned, you know, UAVs and manned systems. Uh, is there really anything in surveying uh, that, that kind of caught you off guard? Is like, holy crap! I didn't really realize that that's, you know, that that technology. That's kind of cool about what what we're doing. You know, yeah, what really stood out to me because I did an internship with the MTA. Like surveying to me, like it really almost like corresponds or aligns with transportation engineering to the point I'm like surveying seems like it's like almost civil engineering. Like I see a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. That really stood out to me because I was like, all right, was it what at one point in time was it one discipline and they split it up to that specialist or you know why did they split it up? Because it seemed like as you said earlier that you know great engineers or it seemed like they would have like some type of surveying background. And I heard this from many surveyors that. Like, even work with doing the internship with the MCA, like a survey was telling me, he's like, yeah, I'm working as a surveyor now because I want to get a dual licensure and have my own business. And I was like, yeah, that's amazing. Like, you'll do that. He's like, you know, I'll control, like, I basically like, corner, <laughs> I'll corner the market. And I've actually did research into that, seeing that, you know, are there people with dual licensures? How much people? And I hear that a lot of older people at one point in time that, you know, you're allowed to, but I guess they made it too specialized now, but it kind of, kind of hard. But that stood out to me, you know. Yeah. yeah. Any final final parting shots for these young men? Because, uh, like I said, I think you've got a great curriculum here, a great class, uh, a great group of guys to uh, and gals to uh, to to teach the craft. Well, Tim, I'm gonna you know we, we try and teach a bunch of things here. Want to keep enough of the new technology, but we've really focused on learning how to crawl before we can run. The math is still the math. It's the same thing since uh, Pythagorean. And um, it's nothing new, it's just a lot easier. So we're focusing on those foundations so that you understand what the numbers are telling you. So you just don't push that little button and see that red laser and get distracted by what it's telling you. But what you said, I think the last parting th thought, all of us need to keep centered. What you mentioned in the class is to stay curious, find something that you enjoy and pursue it. Um, you know, that, uh, that, that thing there, um, that nugget, staying curious, learning it, um, will take you very far. 
Um, just using an analogy with, I know when Kobe Bryant passed away, part of the reason why people were so enthralled and like enamored by him is because he was so passionate about his craft. Mm-hmm. One thing about serving, um, like I said, if another person was teaching the class, I wouldn't probably, I just, I'm just trying to get an A. Mm-hmm. But Professor um, Morrison is very passionate. It's just his personality is charismatic and that he allowed us, you know, to um, make you pay attention more. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is important mm-hmm. and I'm honored to be in this class. Continue brown nosing. <laughs> I just wish I could be as charismatic as my professor, honestly. Like, the way he's able to, like, get off topic but get right back on topic, hands down the best experience. Yeah. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't change that. Yeah. Hey, um, last one. Last so, uh, I'm very grateful for this class. You know, I think back a lot to what a friend of mine said when we were out my first when I tried out college the first time and he said you know engineering is not for the faint of heart and when I got deeper into civil engineering I that became more apparent especially when I started learning about surveying but you know Professor Morrison he's uh, he's very passionate about what he does he's very knowledgeable and confident and I think and I think I got a lot out of his class, and I'm very grateful for this experience. Great. A's for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And from episode 173, John Vrableck, CST Level 3, sharing his experience about the Certified Survey Technician Program. What's been anything that's really stood out to you so far in your career? I just just seeing the future of it, seeing that this is this is something that's going to keep growing. It's not something that you're going to you're, you're you'll never learn it. You're never going to learn it. You're never going to perfect it, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's going to be a, a constant process of mastering it. And it and honestly, it'll probably never happen. But it's nice to to constantly stay up with it. A uh, question for you then, based upon your knowledge and what you've experienced, uh, it really seems to me that, you know, and this is obviously this is coming from a biased opinion, that CST is a good recruiting tool for future surveyors, and it really helps establish a career path and some and goals and, and knowing what your knowledge needs to be. I mean, is that, would you agree with that statement? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, I've. I've really seen the level of motivation with the guys that are already on my team just go through the roof. It's uh, everybody wants their CST now. And once once they saw me get mine, now it's a competition. You know, those guys are, are hungry. They can't wait to. They're almost almost every day. I'm getting calls during work, after work, asking me questions, uh, asking me what books to read, what books to buy. Uh, what calculations to study. It's just, it's nonstop now. <laughs> it's, uh, but it, it, it's great. It's a health, healthy competition amongst all, all my guys. And it's just, I love seeing the level of motivation exploding. A couple last questions. Like I said, trying to be uh, respectful of your time because, hey, you're, you're a working man. Uh, any advice for uh, somebody looking to get into, into the profession? Somebody that's going, you know, Somebody that that uh, like you were going, well, I might give it a try. What uh, what what would you tell them? Hey, 
it was the best decision I ever made. I, I never, I never would have guessed that it would have taken me this far. And it's just, don't, don't let it become a job. It's a career. It's a hobby. It's something that to be obsessed with and, you know, just keep your ears open, ask the questions that you're too shy to ask and use all your resources, use your books, your coworkers, social media, Google, YouTube, <laughs> you know, in, anywhere you can get a piece of information, get it. You've been listening to Surveyor Says, the NSPS podcast. This is our 178th episode featuring the 2023 year in review. As we look ahead to 2024, we must first congratulate Tim Murphy on his election as vice president and Craig Amy returning as secretary. The election for the 2024-2025 officers closed on December 21st with over 1,900 ballots cast. We thank all the nominees for participating and look forward to installing the officers at our spring business meeting in Arlington, Virginia on April 25th, 2024. Besides the podcast, be on the lookout for more issues of Surveyor Says, the NSPS Bulletin, coming your way with news and information about all things surveying. Check your email and your social media channels for more details on how to stay connected with NSPS and your profession. Subscribe to the podcast on most of your favorite streaming platforms, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. For more information about the podcast and NSPS, please visit our website, nsps.us.com. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor. 